You got a problem, you don't know what to do. Your dreams are strange, and you're seeing things too. The world is full of mystery. Life's more than you can see. You can ask pomegranate. You can ask pomegranate. She's a Hi, everybody. Welcome to Ask Pomegranate. I'm so happy you're listening today. Listen, um, you know, I did an uh, interview with this woman named Ursula Dyke, who is a really fascinating person. She's a um, clairvoyant, and she's a pomegranate reader, and she's a numerologist, and she talked to me for a long time about all that. I've known her for a long time, and uh, she's actively giving readings now if you all want a reading give her a call. Uh, Ursula Dyke, she lives up in Vancouver Island, and uh, she was fascinating to talk to. I had a really good time. I was so interested. I kept wanting to talk to her. So it's a long two-hour podcast. Um, and also, I want to let, remind you, you can call me on, or if you want to ask me a question via uh, email, if that's more comfortable for you, you can write me at askpomegranate at gmail.com it's also a place you can send me money if you want to support the podcast so we can pay for the website um at paypal that's my paypal website number um and otherwise give me a call at five two zero two 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 ninety nine twenty two You can ask pomegranate. You can ask pomegranate. Hi, um, welcome to Ask Pomegranate. And today I'm doing an interview with the wonderful, amazing Ursula Dyke. And Ursula, you are a psychic, or do you call yourself a psychic? Oh, uh, yeah. Um... It's really nice to be here with you as well. I, um, I don't. I don't call myself a psychic, and, and that's why I don't put that on my card. Uh, I used to put to, on my card clairvoyance. Clairvoyance. But, you know, I'm not a straight out and out psychic, you know, where a person just sits in front of me, and then I just start talking. I use, I use uh, palmistry, and I use numerology, and through those portals, uh, that psychic component opens up once I've made a connection. So I, I thought I'd bring Ursula on today because I'm getting interested in um, interviewing people I know who are fascinating. And Ursula is one of the most fascinating people. And I've known Ursula since I was like, how old were, I mean, since we were little kids, like you were yeah. a teenager and I was like still probably preteen and we became friends and uh, you were a palmist and uh began to introduce me to the world, a world that opened up for me of psychic information. So Ursula took me to my first psychic, um, what do you call those things? Conferences, psychic, psychic fair. fair. Yeah, where I got my first pendulum. Oh, <laughs> I wish I still have. It's amazing. <laughs> and um, so that's, that's like uh, a good 40 years ago. So, or 45 years ago. So yeah. Ursula is a, is a clairvoyant, she is a palm reader and um, is an expert 
I don't know if you teach anymore, but I'll ask you about that in a minute. And uh, also a numerologist. And so I recently got back in touch with you after many years and asked for a reading. I got a very good reading, one of which included information about wheelbarrows and big things happening in my garden, which did happen after that. Um, yeah, my garden got destroyed after that. And now I'm having to redo the whole thing. Oh, and that's something. <laughs> by the ice storm. So, and I'm like picking up on the ice storm to come and the destruction of my yard, which is really <laughs> important. But really important to me. So um, welcome to Ask Pomegranate and thanks for agreeing to be interviewed, Ursula. Oh, I'm glad to be very much glad to be here. Nice to see you again too. I know. It's so fun. It's fun to, to talk to old friends. Um, so how did you begin getting interested in like at the very beginning? Because you started as quite a young teenager to investigate uh metaphysics and things like that how did you get interested in metaphysics mystery even palmistry yeah you know um even as a child i remember my earliest uh recollection of anything um was um around age eight i came across a little crystal ball you know and it you know, you're young you're just a kid and wow i was fascinated with it and um and then i remember thinking and i don't know why uh, but I, I remember thinking um, that the wrinkles on your knuckles, if you add them all up and divide them by 10, <laughs> that was how many kids you were going to have. <laughs> and I do recall also receiving a, a blackboard from my parents uh, one time. I guess it would be about seven or eight. And I, I recall just pretending to be a teacher and be drawing hands, handprints, you know, on this blackboard. I have no idea why I wasn't thinking anything about the lines per se. And and there was nobody in my family that had any interest in this kind of no. field. I think that kind of often happens. Yeah. Uh, and um, so by the time I became 14, that's when I decided to um, sort of venture in, into it a little bit. At, at our school at library, there was a book called Psychic Sciences, which had a little bit of everything, astrology, tarot, numbers, uh, tea leaf reading, dream interpretation, this kind of stuff. And it fascinated me. And when I was looking at the palmistry part, I just took to it like like, like water. And uh, so I was 14, which is one of my game changer years. And we'll talk about that when we get into numerology. Um, 14, it, it, when I really started to study it. And I started to read bits and pieces, you know, throughout, you know, with people. But it wasn't until I was about 19 to 21 when I went a little bit more professional and started charging people mm. uh, uh, fees for, for a reading. And then it just sort of slowly crept up from there. Plus numerology back then, too. By 21, I was doing both palmistry and numerology. And um, what sort of got you interested in becoming, like, realizing, oh, you could actually read a palm or... Like, how, was it that book that you read when you were a kid? Yeah, I think so. I think the book, you know, uh, taught me a lot. And um, uh, I started to read people and, and their response would be, yeah, that's true. Or, mm -hmm. or you know, you know I, I think it was still in its infancy. You know, I certainly have grown over the years in terms of uh, my reading style, in my reading perspective. Uh, it it, it kind of goes with your own maturation. Mm -hmm. you, know, as you grow as a person. Um, so I wasn't, I wasn't reading like I do today, but, uh, but I was probably saying, oh, you got this kind of lifeline. Did this happen to you? Or, you know, this kind of thing. And um, 
So th this gave me, you know, feedback. And then I realized after a while that I actually was doing some psychic stuff too, because there's no way I would know that particular detail in the hand. Uh, and uh, for instance, I had this one lady that came to me and I was 21 uh, and I read her and I don't remember anything, anything of the reading, except that uh, I said to her that I see fire coming out of your front hood of your car. And she said, well, I don't know how that could be. I just bought this car, brand new. And she came back to me um, several months later and says, you know what? It wasn't even two or three days after I had told her that, that she was stepped out of a grocery store and the front of her car was on fire. Whoa. Now, there's no way I could see that in a palm. No. It might have been something that just triggers, I don't know. So that's where you, that part opens up, right? Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, uh, one of the things that I don't remember how old you were when you moved to the same street that I grew up on. That's how we met because we live on the same street as children. I was 12. 12. Okay. And I, how old are you? How much? What's the age gap between us? Are you? Um, we are, we are uh, um, um, almost six years apart. I'm six oh. years older than you. Oh, so I yeah. was only six when I met you. Yeah. And, I, and I think I, we became friends kind of later around when I turned 12 or 13 because we just started hanging out all the time, you and your sister and I. Yeah. Um, and we became friends. Um, and do you remember, I'm just for now remembering all those, uh, how we went to lifeguard lessons together, you and I, you remember that? Gosh, you know. We used to go to lifeguard lessons. Lifeguard. I feel like that's when we really started being friends because, um, oh, just a second. I'm get rid of that. I would have never remembered that until you mentioned that. I vaguely remember it. <laughs> so, um, yeah. But anyway, that's when we really became friends and started having a lot of really interesting conversations. And I remember you giving me a lot of readings for free. Thank you very much. Uh, throughout my teenage years and when I was 16, and we're, we grew up in Canada, Ursula lived in Canada still. I live in the States. Um, you said to me, and by the way, the secret is Canadians are very down on Americans. <laughs> and they're also very down on Americans who moved to America. And I was one of those Canadians. And you did a rating on my palm and you said, well, you're going to move to the States. <laughs> and I said, I am never, Ursula, I am never moving to the States. And uh, five years later, I was living in the United States, which I have lived here ever since. And I don't even remember telling you that. <laughs> I, I'll never yeah, forget I it because <laughs> I was really like just completely convinced you had gotten that one wrong until the day I crossed the border and then I went oh I, and I came to Portland and I went oh I'm gonna have to move here and I've uh -huh. been here ever since so um you saw that in my palm or as just because I think you are working psychically with and working with actual palmistry techniques as well but so um that was a mind blower to me and I've never forgotten that um yeah. I don't usually forget the readings you've given me I've had many readings and you're one of the people that's why I was like oh I gotta call Ursula I don't know what's going on with my life <laughs> like I mean I can find Ursula and she can give me a reading um all right so how when you're in those tender years because a lot of my listeners are working with being realizing they're a mystic and being overwhelmed by that you know being overwhelmed by their sensitivities and maybe not having support, they might be like, because people listen all over the place. I have listeners in Ireland, Portugal, Shanghai. Um, and 
Wonderful. They don't have that support system that I might be getting in Portland, Oregon, where everybody's like, yeah, it's all good, right? So what kind of like, how did you, because your family wasn't a full of mystics, how did you get support yourself or get support around the fact that you sensed something deeper and were sensitive? Yeah, it's true. I mean, I was kind of a bit uh, alone in all of that at first. It didn't seem to bother me because I was so fascinated with it anyway. And if nobody else is interested, well, so be it. Uh, yeah. and, uh, um, but I think <clears throat> there was a bit more of a support through my relationships with men. I've had two relationships in the, in the 20s and both were into mystical sort of stuff. And I think that was very, very helpful. And I started to uh, go to um, a... Um, uh, it, it actually a bakery that had uh, built little um, rooms down in the basement for readers. And that oh. was a bit of a good support measure for me as well. And so I was doing, I was getting on the Clark Street uh, uh, train <laughs> uh, and uh, uh, going there maybe once or twice a week. I had other jobs. I was working in cable and doing other jobs. Um, uh, and that started me professionally at like $4 a palm <laughs> way back then. <laughs> And, uh, and then it just sort of increased you know, over time. And, <laughs> and um, so they were very supportive. And so that helped. And then I went to psychic fairs. Mm. And that's when I realized, oh, my God, there's a lot of other people that are doing something just similar. I remember getting an epiphany uh, as I was walking through, like in the days, like deja vu or something. I don't know. It was like um, that I had a feeling this was going to be a part of my life for a little while, which it was two, three, four times a year. I would go traveling to different fairs, been to Rochester, been to other parts of New York, uh, throughout Toronto, even to Montreal, uh, once to Vancouver. So I was doing a bit of the fair circuit, but you know, after a while I got, excuse me, I got tired of that and, and burnt out from that. But those are my support measures. And yeah, my family wasn't interested and okay, that's fine. But I did get their palm prints. <laughs> Uh, and um, but yeah, some people are just not interested in that sort of thing, and that's okay. Yeah, right? it is I'm okay. Not interested in trying to convince anybody, you know, if you're a doubting Thomas, that's fine. Um, sometimes people come to me and say, "Look, you know, I, I I've been asked to get a reading by you. I, you know, I want to tell you right now, I'm not really interested in this. I'm not, I don't believe in this kind of stuff." And I said, "Well, that's okay." Um, all I can ask you is if you want to read, if you're, if you're going against your will, it's not, it's pointless. Yeah. Uh, but uh, if you're, if you want, you're curious enough to just, you know, have a reading, then I'd be happy to do one. And by the end of the reading, they're, 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 they, you know, they're, they're converted, you know, kind of thing. Yes. <laughs> and you know, there are some people I can't read. I've had yeah. to try way a couple times people i've been middle 10 minutes into it 15 minutes and i just know this one block after another i'm not accurate either i say something and they you know you know okay it's just it's not happening it's not happening we're going to stop it right now and uh and and i would explain to them that it's me or it's something to do with the angel between us we can't we can't be reading today it's got nothing to do with me because they might get scared they, oh god did you see something and I'd say, you know, no, no, it's not anything that I foresee that is, is negative. Right? It's just, we, I can't read you. And, and yes. I'm sorry. I'll, I'll recommend you so-and-so, you know, that, that yes. kind of thing. So I've, I've learned to do that. But, you know, because sometimes it doesn't happen very often, but at least once or twice a year, once a, once a year, I'll have a person like that where I just can't read them. Yeah, sometimes when I was reading more often, um, people 
people would come to me, occasionally people would come to me and they would want me to prove to them that psychic ability was real. And I'm like, yeah, I'm not the reader for that. Yeah. I'm not the reader to prove to you psychic ability is real. I'm psychic and I'm going to read you. I'm not going to just tell you about yourself and leave you go, here's your personality and go home. I'm actually going to give you information. And when you get that information, you may or may not like it. And so that's what you're going to get, not the proof that I'm psychic. I don't really care if I, to prove to anybody that I'm psychic. So, and there are some readers, that's their job. Their job is to, I think those sort of TV psychics, their job is to prove psychic ability is real. Here, let me prove it to you. And yeah. so people are used to that. But you just got to, you got to decide. One of the things you got to decide is if you're going to do readings is what kind of reader you are and what you provide and let people know that up front. Yeah, yes, absolutely. And uh, um Sometimes you know it's a little risky with new new clients that've never mm-hmm. been to before. But, yeah. but uh, it's it's it, at this point uh, of my reading life, I really do enjoy reading new people a lot. Yeah, I get a lot of regular clientele that come back year after year, uh, but I also get new clients as well. So that helps to broaden the client, the yeah. client base. And um, and I'm finding it's very refreshing to read them. Um, I don't feel like, oh, I have to try to prove something to them because of right. time, you know, kind of thing. I just I just start and I go into it. Yeah. So for yeah. so for people who are new to uh, the idea of palmistry, um, uh, what is palm? Can you describe for you? I don't really care about anybody else's view about it, but for you, what is palmistry, and what draws you to it? Yeah. Um, I think I must have had a past life in it or something because I started so young with, with palmistry. Well, you uh, had so much confidence. The thing about you is, because I, when you talk about, oh my God, I uh, really didn't have anybody, my, my family, like I had you, you know what I mean? I know this is news to you, whatever I tell you, you're like, really? I'm like, I had you, I was a psychic and I had no one, but I had you, you lived on the same street as me and you got it. You and, um, and also Michelle Besson, you remember her? Yeah, Lori, Lori yeah. Besson's older sister. She was she left before you came, I think. But she was a little she's psychic, and so between the you two older women, slightly older women, um, it was really helpful. Um, yes. But you had enormous amount of confidence in you, and that gave me confidence in you and also myself. And so, yes. Yeah, sorry, I interrupted you. You did this past oh, life. Past okay. life. Go on. Yeah. No, that's interesting. Um, uh, palmistry is basically the study of your hands and your lines uh, to determine character, character traits, and life events. Uh, is, is it a predictive tool? To some degree, it is. Uh, absolutely. Um, I can look into the hands and I can see things coming. Uh, and it's basically like a camera snapshot as of today, because the mm-hmm. thing is, lines do change. They're not etched in stone. Um, some lines change slower than other lines. Um, some lines, uh, so, so what you see is a snapshot as of the moment. But five years down the road, though some of those lines could have changed depending on other circumstances, unforeseen things uh, that come into play, decisions that you decide to make you know, altered roads. So right. you can never predict with 100% accuracy. Uh, mm-hmm. That would be like saying a person has no power over their destiny. Right. You know, uh, so all you can do is you can sort of kind of give an indication as this is what seems to be heading up and down the road. You know, is it going to be the same? 
Is it just going to just make you going along your merry way? Is it going to be a big turn transition coming out for you? What does that transition look like? Is it health? Is it an event? See, one of the hardest things about the lines is trying to determine whether what you're seeing is the line and the configuration of the lines. Is it a characteristic trait? Is it a health prognosis? Or is it an event? And sometimes it can be all of them. Okay. Sometimes it can be woven in together. You know, sometimes it's one of two things. But that's what you do is you look at the they're like highways on a roadmap. You know, they intersect, there's big open spaces, there's broken lines, there's triple lines. I look at them like highways uh, on a roadmap. Really? That's yeah. fascinating. Is there any reason you think um, that palms are the particular place on the body that expresses some kind of like, you know, expresses all that way you just just described it. Why palms? Do you have any theories about that as opposed yeah, to like? No, it's a very good point. Uh, first of all, um, our palms take up one fifth of our brain activity. Okay, because there's so much, there's so many uh, nerve endings that go into the palms. We do so many things with our hands. Uh, it takes up a lot, a good lion's share of, of, our, of our brain. Uh, and um, so it's tied in with our nervous system in some way. Okay. Now, other parts, there are people who can read other parts of the body, like people who can read eyes or people who can read oh. the bottom of the feet. Or oh. you, you could probably do anything. You can read on a tortoiseshell. <laughs> you know, right. um, uh, I think symbols and energies is all around us all the time. Right? Yeah. I mean, I read auras, for instance. Yeah. I see people. I see people's auras. So I see, I look at them and I go, what's going on with that color? And that thing's going there. And then they've got a thing here. And like, that's what I, one of the things that I'll read. Yeah. Very people. good. Yeah. That, that's something I don't have a talent for. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's a, it's a little distracting. Like one time I told this good, cute story. My friend said to me, so you see colors. I go, yeah, I see them all the time. And she said, well, what do you, what do they all mean? And I go, listen, you know what I'm going to do this throughout this party? We're at a party throughout this party. I'm going to tell you every time I see something, I'm just going to tell you what I go, what I go through. So about every three minutes, I'd be like, there's a blue thing that's waving across your face. Oh, they have a red flare. This and this is, I said, oh. see, it's annoying, right? I mean, it's <laughs> annoying for me to say it out loud to you. I see it so often that uh-huh. I don't, I don't, I just dismiss a lot of it in social settings because Unless it's really strong and I go, hey, your hand seems to be illuminating a lot of green light right now. I wonder what's going on with you. Then the person goes, what? But the hands <laughs> are very lit up. Or on an aura, if yeah. somebody's going to send energy, if something's going to be sent from them, it's going to come from their hands. It's going to come from their head, their crown, or their heart, mostly. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Very the, interesting. The lights shoot from. Yeah, very interesting. Well, yeah, and you know, I, I you, put, you bring up a, a bit of a point that I wanted to mention earlier. Um, um, sometimes we just have to shut things off because you know, in order to live in this world, uh, it, it can be draining. It's just too much. Same thing with palmistry. As soon as I do a palm reading with somebody, uh, I say goodbye, and I don't hardly remember the reading. It's done. Yeah, <laughs> I shut off. That's why I've been able to probably continue to do. Let's say at a fair, when you're doing twenty a day, how do you? Yeah. Do Blend one into the other, right? You just got to shut up, get into your mindset, take another deep breath, next person, and start the reading. And just, I just, I just let them go. I just, I don't hang on. This is I have, I have this weird little thing where if I see a person one more than once, it ends up being a little 
file drawer and then I just put that in the file drawer and the file drawer closes. And when they come back, I go, wait a minute, I'm trying to remember. And then I pull the file drawer yes. out and I go, wait a minute, this thing happened and that thing happened and this thing. I get all the psychic information again from the previous meeting. Not perfectly for sure. Yeah. But yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, and another thing, too, is I do like to write down some things nowadays. Uh, I've been doing that for a few years. Uh, so-and-so is married, has two kids, uh, looking to her career change. I do after the reading, even though I've, I've, I've been telling them that already to start off with. But I, I want to remember something so that when they do come back, oh, yeah, it's like yeah. a doctor going to a yeah. doctor, taking out your file. And I think that's what you're kind of saying. Yeah looking at the patient file okay yeah so, you know because and then you can say well so what happened with that you know? yeah and then you exactly. can continue on for providing a fresh reading so uh, so we're going to talk more about numerology uh in a bit where we parse that out what is the tool of numerology and how does it work because you're also a numerologist yes. but when we're talking about palm reading could you tell us a little bit about how it works Okay, um, if you want to draw up that chart that, uh, that, uh, uh, that yeah. we out. Um, yeah, pictures. So those of you who are listening um, and not looking at the Zoom chat, um, you can just go to the website and we'll have those, the pictures that I'm drawing up now will be posted and labeled. So go ahead and, okay, here, first of all, what I want to do is here is First thing that I'm going to show you all is uh, just how to get in touch with Ursula because you are an active reader now. And if people are interested in, oh my God, I cannot, I don't know if I could recommend a reader more highly than I would recommend you as oh, a person who's been reading my whole life. Um, you really, you've always been there at the moments I needed you. So get in hold of her at readings by Ursula at everybody who's not in Canada, wait for it at Shaw, S H A W dot C A. That's a Canadian um, address. Yeah. And you can do long, you can do phone consultations so people can call you mm -hmm. if they're in, uh, overseas or wherever in another country. Or mm -hmm. go to her website and we'll show you this again later. Ursula, readings by Ursula. U-R-S-U-L-A, readingsbyursula.com, and you'll find her webpage. Okay, now, Ursula, do you want me to show the palm first? Yeah, just that little chart uh, of a hand. That one? Okay. That so one. now we're showing you a picture, for those of you listening and not looking, we're showing a picture of a hand. And um, like I say, go to askpomegranate.com, and you can draw this picture up and have a look at it and follow it as she speaks about it. Right. So uh, we, here we have, it's, it's an old uh, chart, as you can tell, it was probably done back in the 19, early 1900s. I think probably by Cairo, actually, who was one of the more famous palmists around the turn of the 1900s. Um, the, there's, uh, most people have some of these basic lines. So uh, around the thumb, there's going to be an arch curve. Uh, and that's normally called the lifeline. Okay. Uh, so it is one of the most important lines in the hand. Um, this lifeline goes around the thumb. Now, sometimes it breaks, sometimes it veers off into the center of the hand. Uh, there's a lot of things that you can look at and study from the lifeline. Any upward lines that come off that lifeline says something. And it, now it starts in the beginning between the forefinger and the thumb. 
the beginning is uh, birth and as it goes around to the bottom, to the bottom of the bracelets, the bottom of the hand is the point of uh, death, so to speak. Okay, okay, so if you're not looking at the picture, y'all, um, it's basically the third big line down from your fingers and it's be it starts between your your index finger and your thumb and it's the third line down and it yeah, curves all the yeah. It'll curve all the way around and go around your thumb and possibly go to your wrist or depending on yes. who you are, what's going yeah, on. Yeah, that's right. And it's usually curved. Okay. And it's a nice like, curve. Like thing. an arc. Yeah. Everybody's looking at their thumbs right now, at their hands right now, which is great. <laughs> okay. And, I, uh, and so, if you're watching, it's this line right here. Yeah, yeah that's so. right. This is, now, if you're listening, it's going to be posted on YouTube. This, this is, you want the visuals. Okay. Okay. Go ahead, Ursula. You know, there's a lot of misconception about this line that if there's a break, it means death, or if it's a short life line, it means a short life. And that's not really necessarily true. It depends on other factors in the hand. And, and that's another thing. Uh, we don't just want to isolate one line and determine um, an outcome of something. It needs to be coming from several different areas in the hand that all kind of point to something. Now, now before I say something about, about short lifelines, I never, and as a professional reader, one should never ever predict a person's point of death. Yes, I agree. Um, even with people who are really into this, like Ursula, you know, tell me, how long am I gonna live? You know, I, I cannot determine that. No. no. It's actually I, up to I, you if you're in yeah. it when you're going to die, not, not anybody yeah, else. Yeah, yeah. And, and also, um, I could be wrong. Now, I've worried this person unnecessarily over all these years. So, so it's, just, it's just not professional. Um, I have been able to predict quietly to myself people's points of death. I'll look at the hand, oh, oh, 55, somewhere around there. And sure enough, the person passes in 55. Okay, yes, I have that ability, and I don't really like it, actually. Uh, but um, but this many times that I really wouldn't know. But what I can say to them, I could say, okay, um, you have a very large lifeline. The chances are that you're going to live to be old. I will say the good news, something like that. Uh, but the right. chances are you're going to live a long life. Uh, is there long life and longevity in your family? And oftentimes they will say, yeah, there is. And I said, well, you've got those genes. Okay, but who knows? A person could be killed by a Mack truck tomorrow in an accident, right? Uh, so you could have a wonderful, wonderful lifeline. It just means that you've got generally vibrant health, uh, high activity, and that the potential is there for you to live a long life. Whereas a person with a short life, the potential is to not live as long of a life. But I, I met a lady one time, her lifeline was only halfway down the chart. You know, it was like very short, like 30, 30s, something like that. And uh, she was in an abusive relationship. And eventually she fleed that relationship, uh, left the child with that, uh, that husband and she made support payments and she started out a whole new life. And about six or seven years later, I took prints of her again, her lifeline grew two inches. So in fact, she is so healthy. She's healthier than most people are her age. She's in her sixties now and uh, going strong. Um, so, you know, this is why you cannot, you should not. What you can do is you can maybe do it as a warning. You could say, you won't say, I wouldn't say, oh, you've got a short lifeline. I would just say, according to your lifeline, okay, um, you have some vulnerability, maybe in your health, or there's something in your circumstances that's draining your energy and you need to, to look at it. And I'll talk about it from that angle. I'll give, in other words, constructive advice as opposed to 
um, an ultimatum, you know, um, uh, that as if they don't have any power in their lives. But there's an example. Because you do, you can change it. Absolutely. You can definitely see your hands. If you, like over my lifetime, I've, because of you, I've been looking at my life hands the whole time. And definitely I lost, uh, there was supposed to be a third husband and I lost, I lost the third, the third spouse. They went out the door and I'm keeping the second one. Yeah. Interesting. For instance, right. Yeah. Yeah. People are going to want, now people are going to want to know where the spouse lines are. Maybe we'll get to that, but go on. Okay. Yeah. So now uh, what is helpful uh, to a lifeline, a lot of people have bits of it. I haven't, a lot of people do, but not usually as really as strong as it's showing me this chart. It's the next inner curve line called the line of Mars closer to the thumb, just behind the lifeline. Yes. Line of Mars. That's a secondary backup line. And a lot of people do have bits of it. When you have that, you've got extra energy, extra immunity, even a better chance to live long. Because when I've looked at people's hands that are are 100 years old, um, they either have a fantastic lifeline, or even if they have a messed up lifeline, some some of them do, they'll have a good backup Mars line. Mm. Uh, So um, that that does help in terms of longevity. Uh, but that line of Mars gives a person um, extra energy, extra immunity. It's sort of like, you know, the big, you know, party at the uh, at the battering, using the battering ram at the castle moat, and they get through, but now there's a gate, okay? okay. Uh, so you would rarely get sick. Other people get cold, and you won't. Or if you do get sick, you heal really quickly. You can also be your own self-diagnostic. You can actually tell yourself what's wrong with your body when you've got this line. It's an interesting line. Hmm. traditionally the line of mars traditionally was the adage um lucky in love but not in you know no, lucky with money but not in love because mm-hmm. line of mars is a uh, fighter energy right right so sometimes people with a line of mars can get really frustrated really easily uh, or maybe they do have a bit of an angry issue they have to deal with uh, or a little bit of feistiness sometimes, you know, that comes across a little bit with the line of Mars. Or they may have been involved with a relationship that was an angry person, you know. So there's, there's other kinds of sort of parts of it that come to the line of Mars. Now, you were mentioning about marriage. I wrote yeah. the word marriage right on the uh, chart here. Oh, yeah. Here we go. Um, now, actually, there are three areas to determine marriage, not just this one. This is the most common area. But this isn't always accurate. All this does is, uh, show um, the potential for how many marriages you're going to have. Uh, but it doesn't tell you really when it's going to happen uh, or, um, uh, or it, it, it actually needs to be supported by two other locations in the hand to be really classified clearly as a marriage. Okay, so, so the first, let's just describe where this is. Okay. The first one that we're looking at now is on the baby finger. It's on, yes, at the below the baby finger. Under the baby finger, horizontal, short little line before you hit the heart line. Okay. So that heart line is very top, long line in your yeah, palm. Top. Yeah. And between your baby, the end of your baby finger, the base of your baby finger and that line are some lines. And that's the lines yeah. that indicate. Okay. Yeah, the lines of relationship. And it can maybe turn your palm a little bit, you know, towards you so you can actually see them. They're usually short, like an inch long, half an inch long. Uh, they're usually not very long. Um, and if there's only one line and like, and I only look at the colored ones, I don't worry about little fine hairline things. Uh, they have to be really deeply colored. If there's only one deep line there, 
the chances are that you will have one marriage, uh, not more than one marriage. So in other words, um, if your spouse should die or if you both should separate, uh, you likely will not remarry again. If there's and, two horizontal, yeah, yeah. horizontal, one above the other, equal in measure, equal in strength, Mm-hmm. then you would be the other way. You would be, if you did separate, you likely will have another relationship. Okay. And can I ask, is it too early to ask this question about love, left hand, right hand, predominant hand, uh, secondary hand, or yeah. is, is what's the difference? What's the, because I noticed like, for instance, when I'm looking at my less predominant hand, my left hand is considerably shorter and then it's a real long in my predominant hand. So what's the, and I have three marriages on the other one. And now I see that my, I've reduced uh, the, uh, down to one because the first husband has completely faded away. So. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> and exactly. I've had a, I have a 35 year old marriage. So, so what's the difference between those two yeah. hands? Uh, your, your left hand, your non-dominant hand tends to be your backup support to your dominant hand. Okay. Um, the old adage is um, uh, uh, your past is in your left hand and your future is in your right hand, but that's not true necessarily because we both we use both our hands okay? and everything that we do. Um, you can't cut and dry it like that, uh, where just your past is in your left hand and just your future is in your, in your right hand. Um, uh, so they're a little bit of a blend. So first of all, if you're left-handed, then your left hand is a dominant one by the way, then mm-hmm. your right hand will be the non-dominant. Okay? Mm-hmm. Okay. So most people are right-hand dominant. So the left tends to be the non-dominant. What the non-dominant does is it does kind of talk about what you left behind. Okay, it's sort of like the potential, it's how it started. If something is in there, but it's no longer in the dominant hand, it means this circumstance has changed. So if you said, if you have a shorter lifeline in your non-dominant hand, but now your dominant hand is showing a longer lifeline. Yes. That's a very good sign. Okay. Because that's an indication that you started off with not as best of energies that you had. There might have been something years earlier at the time of the break uh, that arrested your development at that time or was a potential point of exit. You know, and I do believe that. I believe that sometimes we have several exits points in our lives. And we don't choose them and we have a near-death experience or, or an exit. And then, um, but, you know, we continue on. So it means that the, you have improved your circumstances in your life. So now that you've got this great big, bigger line now, if it's reversed and your non-dominant hand has an excellent lifeline, but your dominant hand is shortened, it's the opposite. It means... Um, that you're doing something that is, is, is compromising your health or compromising your lifestyle. Okay? Okay. And that can still change. Like I said, both lines can change anyway. Uh, so, but that's what it, what's showing. It could also okay. indicate too that maybe uh, what you had years and years ago, you've lost it now. You no longer have it. It could be a break in a career. It could have been a person who was high on life and was wealthy and did very well. And then everything crashed. Okay. And so now, um, so, so, so the, the dominant hand is showing that is lost. So something is lost. Okay. Um, and so let's you can just look at that. Yeah. 
let's go back to that question of the other two spots for marriage because you've got the one between the base of the pinky yeah, and yeah. the so that's that's just the basic common area. The other area isn't actually showing up here very well, unfortunately. Okay. But see this long line of destiny, the vertical strong line going to the middle finger? Right. Through there. Yeah. yeah. Now, most people don't have a line that usually just goes straight up. This is just a classic form, right? Okay. Simplified form. Often people have breaks in this line. But whatever line is coming from the bottom of your hand by the, by the wrists that winds its way up to the middle finger, it's called the line of destiny or Saturn line, line of Saturn. Okay. And um, usually there will be a diagonal line coming from the percussion side of the hand, not the thumb side, but the, the same side as the marriage line. A diagonal line that kind of joins up into the destiny line, like a like a like a like a like a diagonal. And I don't have it here, unfortunately. That at that point of junction, oftentimes it's the beginning of a relate a serious relationship. So I, I like to look at those. How does that when you're reading time on a palm? Is it is it where does it go from the wrist? Does is zero age zero the wrist or zero the place between your which end is beginning okay, and which end yeah, is the yeah. end? So for the headline and, yeah. and lifeline, it's zero uh, between the thumb and forefinger. Okay. So you're traveling along down uh, out, towards outward, yeah. here. Okay. And then what about the destiny line? The destiny line the... or the line of sun, the vertical line, all vertical lines start from the, from the wrist. Okay. So that's zero on yeah. up. Yeah. Okay. And oh. then it winds its way up to, 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 to the thing, to the, to the, mounts of the finger underneath the finger now i've been kind of exploring the other way around and sometimes it also makes sense i've decided to play with myself with that you know like thinking yeah. hmm, what if it is the opposite it actually starts at the top birth and goes down to to the bottom yeah. uh, after all you know lines are formed by uh, nerve nerve endings which could come through the tops of the fingers going down, or could it be coming through the wrist and right. up, right? So right, right. It's, it's a bit of a theory. I'm, I'm working with the theory of whether uh, it, it could actually be both, you know, and could be read a little bit differently. Um, but, you know, uh, it's, uh, it's, it's, I haven't, I, I, it's, the, it's just a theory right now. I haven't, ha I haven't um, made a definite, definite decision on that yet. Yeah. Yeah. So, so all vertical lines usually at the moment, just comfortably, I do find is accurate, starts from the wrist. Okay. Uh, so the third area, so yeah, so a diagonal line that joins the destiny line. Um, and usually it happens below the headline, uh, that central line that we've got going across the hand. And it's usually, you know, uh, it's usually below that line when that happens, because most people usually do meet their, their subsequent partner. Um, uh, before 35, 35, right. 40, right? Uh, and the other area for marriage is off the lifeline. If you have, and I, yeah, this is very hard to describe. Uh, um, if you have an upward line going off the lifeline, just a little vertical line shooting up like a stalk coming off the lifeline towards uh, Saturn or towards, or, sorry, towards the middle or the forefinger, and another crossover line at the same time going off the lifeline into the center of the palm on its way to the marriage line, that will be your point of marriage too. Mm. These are three different areas to look for for marriage. And also the quality of the heart line, okay? Because the quality of the heart line can say a lot about whether a person is even engaged in relationships or not. 
or uh, how often or this sort of thing. So it's not. And just the hard line is the first of the the first of the big strong oh, lines yeah. near the top, the base of the fingers that goes horizontally yeah, across the, the palm. Yeah. So yeah, it goes right. it goes heart, head, life. That's right. Yeah. And um, uh, there is something called the uh, line of light, health, or mercury line. And if you look further down the, the chart. Um, oh, yeah, I see it on the drawing. Line. It's sort of a big diagonal at the base here. Yeah, it's a diagonal. From, does yeah. it go from the marriage to the base of the thumb? Uh, it, uh, it, or the it, wrist almost. It, it actually goes normally higher right up right up into the baby finger. It's a poor oh. line the way they got that. I've never seen anybody have this kind of line actually. Okay. Okay. Uh, but it's usually a diagonal line that kind of uh, starts from underneath the baby finger. Uh, yeah. A diagonally kind of winds its way towards the lifeline. And, and what is, what's that one um, all about? Yeah, it's an interesting line, and the word is the verdict isn't out on this. I keep changing my mind about this over the years. It used to say that it was something to do with the digestion. So if you have a fairly good solid line, it means that you have a good digestion and are reasonably robust in health. If it's cut up and broken into pieces, uh, you have poor digestion um, and maybe poorer health. Uh, but I have discovered that's not necessarily true. What I'm thinking is, it is, yes, it can be a line of health, but I think it's more of a line of Mercury. Mercury is the me messenger god, right? Um, mm -hmm. uh, that brings down uh, communications. If when you see an active Mercury line in a person's hand, uh, and the stronger it is, the better communicator they are, the more talkative they are. Um, people who don't have much of a mercury line or line of health, they're not as talkative. Okay. But if you see a line there and it's present, it's fairly strong, um, then you know that person is a communicator, is a talkative person, a good salesman, can sell ice to an Eskimo. Um, they're, they, they're usually into writing, um, all, all sorts of forms of communication, rather than the line of health. Because to me, health um, is everywhere in the hand. Right. Parts of the lifeline, parts of the Mars line, parts of the fate line, parts of the heart line, parts of the head line. Uh, health is kind of everywhere. I think I would like to rewrite the books and not call this the line of health, but call it the line of Mercury. Cool. Yeah, it goes to the baby finger, which has to do with your sexual maturity, um, your level of maturity. And um, there's a lot that can be said about the little pinky. You know, even though it's the littlest of the fingers, it's very telling in lots of ways, you know, and how, how it communicates subtle energies. Um, so I think it's more to do with uh, communication line. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Well, um, I'd also like to mention that you have written a guide book that people could get from you directly, think you're selling it for 30 bucks, they, you get a download of all your materials. I don't know yeah. if you still have that available, oh, but yes, if people are interested in that, you can also contact Ursula at Ursula, readingsbyursula.com, and um, she'll get back to you and you can get that book from her, that download, um, uh, which has yeah. you know, an expert Thomas take on how to understand and learn palmistry. 
full of illustration, step-by-step guide is what it's called. I used to teach it in, in courses. Um, and uh, uh, I have it in a black and white form and in a color form. Okay. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. So if you really are really getting intrigued by this and you want to hear from someone who has got lots of time under their belt learning it and teaching it, you might want to contact Ursula and get that uh, for about $30, she say. American. Here's a great way to support me in my efforts. You can go to patreon.com forward slash ask pomegranate. That's all one word. If you want to get behind all the work I'm doing, it be really helpful. Five to zero, <laughs> two, 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 nine, nine, 22. Listen, if you want to call me and leave a question for Ursula, I'll get her back on and uh, get her to answer the questions if she's willing to sometime this by the end of the year i'll get her back on if you have questions about numerology or palmistry or being a reader uh for ursula i'll get her back on and see if i can can get her back i'm kind of got her trapped now she has to kind of say yes but i'm sure she has boundaries because you know so in any case uh, if you want to get in touch with ursula you can go to readings by ursula at shaw .ca, that's the email address, shaw at .ca. And if you, or you could get to her through her website, readingsbyursula.com. And you, those of you who want to get in touch with her and get a reading or get her book, and she will download it to you that she very carefully wrote. Um, okay, Ursula, here is the next illustration. Now, for those of you listening, this is an illustration of two hands uh interwoven together in an, with palms down yeah so like a hand, hand clasping mm-hmm. yeah tell us about this ursula when you're clasping your hands uh this is going back to the idea of the left and right people often wonder okay well sometimes we're, we're ambidextrous uh or sometimes we are a little bit of both like maybe we we do right we do something with the right hand but we do other things with the left hand so which one is actually the more dominant hand right and a very fun way to determine that is to take your hands and clasp them together with you know now which thumb is on the outside oh uh if it is the right thumb if it's the right thumb that's on the outside you're most likely right hand dominant if it's the left hand, left thumb that's sitting on the outside, you're most likely left hand dominant. And a fun way to do it is to reverse it in your own hands. Just take them and and just sort of kind of, you know, like hands clasped like this. Mm-hmm. Reverse it so that you don't do it the, that you don't normally do. And oh see God. how you feel. And that's it feels awkward. Funny. It feels weird. It feels awkward, it doesn't it? It's but so it's no, I'd rather do this. <laughs> right? I'm left. I'm left hand dominant. I'm confused. So you're. If, so that's very interesting. If you've got left, the left thumb is out. Mm-hmm. But you're right hand dominant, right? Well, I'm ambidextrous, actually. I well, right. With, I am. Why. I can. I paint with both the left and the right hand. Okay. So then that's why you've got a little bit of that left, left, left. Okay. See. Uh, so in a case like yourself, I would read both your palms. Uh, equally okay? okay you know it's both are gonna they both give an equal story anyway but i would say okay i'm gonna pull a little bit from this as to be 
acrid and a bit from this and be acrid because you're utilizing a little bit of both. You're a little bit more complex, you know? Okay. I know. <laughs> so another way to determine whether you're right or left hand or right dominant is a fun little thing. Um, I, I call it the power eye. Okay. So you would take your thumb and just pick any spot on the wall from a little okay. bit of distance. It could be a, 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 a light switch. It could be just okay. you know, something small like that. And put your keep your eyes, both eyes open, and put mm -hmm. your thumb on that light switch right in front of you. So it's kind of blanked out. And then close one eye. If the thumb is sitting still on the light switch, that's your, that's, that's your left eye dominant. That's your dominant eye. If the thumb has switched over over by half an inch either way, that's your weak eye. So you can determine your power eye. So if it's, if it's, so, so you sort of like kind of close one eye and then you yeah. close the other eye, you'll see one of them, the thumb stays on the switch. That's but your power. I've done it twice. The first time it was left and the second time it was right. So ambidextrous. Well, there ambidextrous. you go. That's Again. amazing. That doesn't happen to me or anybody else I know. That's really interesting. Yeah, so it kind of, because one of them, it'll jump over. It, it won't naturally. Yeah, it, it's, it's off. And the other ones, it's on. Oh, that's it, fascinating. Yeah. So, you know, so you try to, because you, you want a person, because some people say, I'm not really sure if I'm right or left-handed. Another thing I ask is, which hand do you throw a ball? And right. That's usually their, their strong arm. Right? Okay. Or if, if you were hanging from a rope off a mountain, which hand would you use? You know, so, so okay. you kind of ask, you know, feel different questions like that to determine the right and left. So that was the purpose of that illustration. Thank you. Okay. Um, what do you think about, you want to talk more about now the numerology? I'd like that. Oh, yes. Okay. I'm going to stop sharing and we're going to be back on camera. And um, so, yeah, let's talk about numerology, which is a whole separate way of understanding the world through mis understanding the mystery, melding the mundane into the mystery. Um, what, by your definition, what's, what is numerology? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, it was sort of, uh, for, for first, it wasn't, it, it, you know, the word numerology has only been coined in the last hundred years. Really, even though numbers and the mystics, the mystery of numbers goes back thousands of years, particularly to Pythagoras, who was a, a mathematician and a mystic. Yeah. Uh, and he developed what they call the golden triangle. And he did a lot of very interesting things with numbers because he felt that numbers was, was everything. Numbers was one of the cornerstones of life, which it is. He, he was a number junkie. I myself, I have gotten into the number junkie stuff. And it's a little bit like a drug. Once you start going, I warn everybody who's listening. Next thing you know, you're going to be doing all the numbers for everything, which is great. Do it. Go ahead. Yeah, and do after the all, you go crazy and say, "Oh, I can't do like it." No, yeah, I just like, whatever. It's okay. The address can stay that address. I don't have oh, to move. I know. I know. There's so much to numbers. It's just I have it's... some quick fixes for bad num numbers and addresses. By the way, I should I'll throw in oh, here at some please. point. Please do tell me. Yes. yes. Mm -hmm. You don't have to move. You don't have to move because you have a bad address. Okay, I'd like that. I'd like to hear about that. Okay. Um, I guess what the what Chinese call in uh, feng shui uh, cures. Yes, 
yeah, yeah they call it cures, you know, for a certain thing that you've got, you know, misplaced in your your room or whatever, and it's creating bad energy. Um, so numbers, um, it's a study of your numbers taken from your name and birth date. So your name has alphabets, and each each of these alphabets has a number attributed to it. So it goes from one to nine, and then back to one to nine, one to nine. You've got twenty six letters in the in the Canadian, I mean the English alphabet. So the numbers that are important in numerology are the numbers one through nine. Yeah. <clears throat> it's also, is there, is there some schools of thought where 10 and 11 are also important? Yeah, there's some d d double numbers as well. 10 is important, 11 is, 22, 33, all the doubles, 44, 55. But like 17 is not because, because what you do with 17 is reduce it down to, you add it together. You add it together, one and seven, eight. Yeah. So for instance, okay. Yeah, yeah. So the important and, numbers are basically one through nine and yeah. then a few other ones like Double. 10 and then 11, 22, 33, 44. Those have significant energies to them. Okay. Yeah, and then some, some of these uh, numerology books who have been, you know, uh, been around for quite some time, they claim there's karmic uh, numbers, uh, which are 14, 16, and 19. Uh, especially if it's your day number, if you're born on the 14th, 16th, or 19th, uh, it has something to do with various different karmic elements in your past that you're trying to sort out or get through in this life. It might have to do with control issues, substance issues, um, um, certain negative forces and stuff like that. And I haven't been able to really, really actually confirm that. Yeah. Uh, but there are some books that talk about that, which is kind of interesting. Um, but um, what I do with numbers, I add up all your vowels in your name. I, first of all, I take the original birth certificate name because that's your umbrella vibration throughout your life. So it has an energy with you. So and if you alphabet, take the alphabet and you assign each vowel, each letter and vowel in the alphabet, one, two, like A, one, B, two, two, three, C, yep. And then you get up to J, which is 10, right? It'll be one again, back to one. That again. becomes one again. And then you do that again until you have again. all of them, all of the letters. And there's charts like this on the internet. All of the letters assigned a number, which is going to be right. one through nine, right? Through nine. Okay, yeah. okay. Yeah, exactly. Just to get the basic idea. Okay, go ahead. Yes. Uh, so, um, uh, uh, you know, A, B, C, D, E, F, G, H, I, I is nine, and then J is back to one again, K is two, L is three, M is four, you know, and then back to one again, and yeah. then, you know, it goes through, I think, uh, two, two, three, well, uh, almost three rotations, because nine times uh, three is 27, but we've got 26 letters. So one and I'll put a picture, I'll put a, a picture of this up on... Um the web page of Ask Pomegranate. So that would be actually it, lovely. And I should have probably put one together and I didn't. Um, That's I all right. Yes. Um, so what you do is you would, um, so I also do the regular name as well. I do the original name. I do a regular name because your regular personal day-to-day -day name uh, or your common name is also a vibration because you know, you're, you're, you're using it as well. And sort of the name you get called as opposed to the name you were yeah, named. Your official day-to-day -day name, like maybe what's on your passport. I right. ask what's on your passport, what's on your driver's license, um, could be different than your original name, right? Especially for women when they marry, they change their name. So there's another set of numbers that come out of that. Right. Uh, people who get adopted, I'd like to have the original name if they know it, that would be helpful. Plus their adopted name. 
So I divide them like most numerologists do. And after this, that's where I and numerologists depart. I have my own system. Um, okay. Like to yeah, I know. And it's cool. It's a very cool system. And I've done numerology for a long time. And when Ursula was teaching me this one that she has, I was like, so let's, let's hear about it. Yeah. So uh, traditionally, um, what numerologists do is they separate It'd be like a chart like this. I have a little chart which I use to, to do that. They separate the vowels from the consonants. So you add up all the vowels and you add up all the consonants, and um, the vowels and the consonants together become your whole name number. Okay. So the vowels are called your soul number. So if you add up all, so if you figure out which what number your vowels have, each one, and then yeah. you add them all up, you'll have your soul number. You have your soul number. So let's say okay. it all adds up to like you, you got, you know, A, E, uh, I, all the vowels, and yeah. it adds up to 25. Okay. So um, 25, two and five make seven. Okay. So your soul number so was seven. Base, but I also keep the 25 because that's very crucial for my, my system in a minute that I'll talk about. Okay. Uh, so I, I, I add them all up until you get a double digit. And then keep the double digit and I make a stroke and then you have the final number. So if it adds up to 32, then it'll be a five. If it's a 17, then it will be an eight. But I keep the 17 as well. Uh, and that's your soul number. So all your vowels, which are the unpronounced parts of, of your name, the ah, the eh, the ooh, um, is what we call your soul number. It's the number of emotions. It's it's your inner sanctum. It's it's who you really are, mm -hmm. and that other people would only get to know once they got to know you. Mm -hmm. It's also kind of like your creative ability, your natural gifts, your natural ability, your natural drive. Where you what interests you the most? Okay. okay. So uh, it's an important number. Okay. Uh, then I do the same thing with the with the consonants. Okay, so all your consonants, which is the pronounced hard elements of a name, right? The N, the M, the B, the D. Add them all up, do the same thing. You'll come up with a double digit and then you break it down to a single digit. Then I add the top and the bottom. So let's say the top is a seven. The consonants is, a, is an eight. Seven and eight make 15. One and five make six. So your whole name number is a six. Is, this it, is this me? Are you doing my name? I'm actually doing you right now. Oh, okay. So seven, seven is my soul. Eight is your personality, eight outer personality my, number. Okay. And I was born in the eighth month too. We have to pay attention to that. And yeah. then put them together. I'm a six. You're, you're a six. Okay. And uh, so um, now your regular name that you commonly use now, that was your original name, but your regular name, is a different set of numbers. And sometimes, okay. sometimes we retain one of those numbers. I don't know why, but for some reason, we often retain sometimes two of those same original numbers, but, but there'll be always one that'll be different. In this case, the soul is uh, an 11, two, two. Your constant is a three, so two and three make five. So now all of a sudden you become a five. You've kept the, yeah, so you become a five, yeah. Which is- I'm for that. I'm, I'm for the five because I happen to know if if you agree with me, I don't know what your thing is, but five is freedom, fun, and adventure, right? Yes. 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 Um, I have a five, two in my soul position, plus I'm born on the 14th, which is another five. 
Okay, so nice. It's a big five in my chart. And uh, five means freedom. Five means variety. Um, five means you have a lot of interests. Um, but the really big calling card for five is you got to be free. You know, yeah. you have to be free to, you don't want to be hampered down or controlled by people and you're independent. You'll be a fast thinker because five is also mercurial, mercury. Mm-hmm. And um, it's, uh, so it's connected with uh, freedom and movement. Uh, it can be accident prone. You have to watch that tendency with fives. They also could be big spenders and uh, the downside. So each number has a positive and negative. There's no such thing as an evil number. That's not right. true. I know that the Chinese, for instance, in their particular systems, they hate four. They think number four is the number of death. Okay. And um, so they try to avoid fours at all costs. Huh. Uh, they love eights. Eights is power. Which they is, like it. Yeah. They Let like me, it. Can, can I ask you to just go through the number, the meaning of each number? So when people mm-hmm. figure out their name and their soul and their... Yeah. So you have your soul. What's the other? The other one is your. Yeah, the soul is your. Yeah, your inner self, your inner sanctum, and your. And gifts, then you have your. And your emotions and the portal to to past life as well. Okay, and then the and second number. Constance. Constance. Yeah. Is, um, personality. How, how you project to others. Okay. So. What others see in you. What you, your first card that you. Yeah. So everybody sees me as an eight. They really do. I'm not. Yeah. I'm not. I don't feel like an eight, but they do feel me. See me like. There you go. Yeah, and you do. You come across powerful. You come strong, uh, centered. Um, uh, eights um, are um, they're they're the managers that take care of things. A lot of people who have eights in their chart like to be self-employed. Yeah. Uh, so you come across that way. Yeah. I do. I, it's not actually what I'm like. I'm actually a really sensitive, slightly neurotic person, uh, <laughs> and, and, and an introvert, and an introvert. <laughs> Well, maybe you have, yeah, well, there's, well, there's other, another fit, another level here that I'm not going to get into because it will take you tomorrow. But okay. so the combination of the two together yes. uh, brings your destiny. And now I'm a five. I worth my birth name. I was a six. Six. Oh. So you kind of have a little bit of both energies. You got a little bit of the six energy in you and you got a little bit of the five energy in you. So let's, can we just go through like one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, sure. nine, just to see what, when people figure out their thing, they'll know what their thing is sure okay so if if you got a one in your in your name that's um individuality creative independence leadership it's a masculine number number one is masculine right okay so it's personal power it could be also self-interest you know interested in self a lot you know they're going to watch that they don't become too self-absorbed yeah um but uh also they're opportunists because it's the beginning of the cycle one is to get out the gate right it's the number one it's the beginning so they they uh, are opportunists and you also would be original you know you're an original thinker somewhere in your life in some facet maybe not with everything but there's going to be one area that you're going to be really really highly original bringing in new stuff into the world that isn't already here so that's one two is feminine okay and uh, it's um, nurturing. It doesn't mean that you will not have any personal power or you're not uh, an opportunist, but to be a bit more cautious, a bit more planner, a bit more decision maker, sensitive. Uh, you would have a, an allure about you that attracts and draws people to you rather than the one energy that goes out and gets it. Okay. 
So with a different energy. Three is kind of like the combination of both, the mother and the father, you know, the one and the two bring a baby. Three, three is childlike, enthusiastic, optimistic. It's uh, communication, scattered energy, playful and creative, dynamic, it's creative. The three, six, nine combo are all creative numbers. Uh, four is creative though too, in a physical way. Mm -hmm. uh, so three is, yeah, three is sort of outgoing, optimistic, love of courses, love of learning, this kind of thing. Four, I have a big four in my chart too. Uh, four is um, like the four corners, you know, like a square, like a table. It's, uh, it's uh, the rock of Gibraltar, it's st stability, organized, practical thinking, uh, the builder, um, wanting security and, and order in your life. Slow prodding, maybe sometimes too. It takes you a long time to get things done. And because you're thorough, you know, you'll want to do it, do it, do it, do it right. It's also manifestation. In other words, fours, just like eights, both are manifestation numbers. Fours want to see results from their efforts. So, you know, the one, let's give an example. I'll give them a dynamic. Say you want to buy a car. Okay. Okay. That's number one. Oh, you have this idea in your head. I want to buy a car. Okay, but that's not going to be enough to make it manifest, is it? You got right. the idea, but you know it's not going to suddenly appear just like that. No, number two comes along. Two asks, okay, what kind of car? What are the smells of the car? What, uh, what color of the car? Uh, um, how am I going to get this car? You know, that kind of stuff. So the one is, yes, I'm going to do it. The two comes behind and says, no, wait a minute. Let's just flesh this out a bit more. Now you're getting a little closer, right, to this car. But that's still not enough. You can imagine it. You can think it. You can smell it. You can, you can feel it. You can desire it. But that's not enough. You need number three. Three is action. You know, you got to, three is fire. So okay. action, you got to get on that phone. You got to call the bank. You got to secure your yeah, home. You got to got to do the action. So you conceive it, you flesh out it. Number two, you take action, and voila, you got number four manifestation. Okay. So when people are going through a personal four year, it sometimes can be very hard. And I say to them, I said, don't throw in the towel. Just hang in there because something something is going to show up on your doorstep you know, uh, during your four year for all the hard work that you put in in the last few years. So four is very, very, uh, it's like a fulcrum point in the chart. But, you know, after four, you know, the drudgery, your manifestation, and, you know, you're working away and you've done things and you, you know, you got your flowers going, growing in your garden now. Well, then comes playful five, you know, five is about thinking outside of the box. It's like, going beyond just the security of, of what you what you have uh, and saying, okay, what else is there in the world? Five is an adventure. It's more um, freedom oriented. It's um, it's about your five senses and there's five fingers on each each hand, right? Mm. Uh, it's it's um, about um, going beyond the box of your security and seeking out what else is out there. Uh, it, and so five is, you know, getting into your car and traveling, okay? you know, that kind of thing. It's a very inventive number. And it's also the number of language. But, you know, you know, you could get into all kinds of crazy adventures and all kinds of mucked up situations, you know, in a five. And then along comes six. If you have a strong six in your chart, you want 
beauty, mm-hmm. harmony. Mm-hmm. Um, it's getting back to roots. Five is rebellious, okay? But six is like saying, okay, let's sit, let's sit down our roots, you know, uh, taking care of our family, taking care of our community. People with a strong six in the chart really have some sort of a groupy thing going on in their lives. Okay. Whether it's, you know, gathering their family, being a real family person that always has, you know, the weekend, you know, barbecue parties, you know, this kind of thing, or they, they want to join something in the community. They want to belong somewhere. They have a sense of deep need to belong. And because you, uh, Janet, you've got a, a strong five and a six, you're kind of a combo. There's a part of it that couldn't give a, couldn't give a crap about whether, whether you belong or not. But then there's another part that does. So, you know, you've got kind of an interesting mix of that. That's true. Yeah. Um, six is also marriage. It's about the group collective, where five is about individuality and self-expression. Six is about the group collective. So if you've got a strong six, you're a homemaker, you, you love children, you like to cook, uh, you like your garden, you know, you like to nurture things. Right. Okay. Seven is a little different, uh, and you got a strong seven in your chart too. Like we all have several numbers; we don't just have one number. We come right. from different angles, you know. Yeah, right. Uh, seven is a very interesting number. It's a mystical number. It's the number of the mystic. Uh, it's the number of. It's a little bit of. Um, it's about research and trying to understand the greater mystery of life. Uh, it's uh, a, if you have a strong seven in your chart, you may have a tendency to be a little bit at arm's length with certain people. Mm-hmm. You like your space, you like your privacy, you like to be alone. Um, so seven's an interesting magical number, and it's not understood entirely. And it's and it shows up mathematically in our lives. We've got the seven basic elements of science. We've got the seven basic n- notes of the musical scale. We've got the seven basic colors of the rainbow. Right. Um, uh, you know, um, we've got seven days of the week times four, make a month. Now it's starting to connect with the moon phases and the moon gravitational pull on, on, on Earth and our, on ourselves. There's something very interesting about sevens. Now, you seven- know, Ursula, I have two friends, my best friends, two of my best friends, are, both of them are sevens. Both of them have mystery schools. Well, isn't that wild? Yeah, so there you go. Yeah, it's just wild. Um, seven is of the mind. It's deeper than the five mind. Okay, it's it's, it's uh, seven is of, of of a deeper going into a deeper level, taking it into a further depth. A, a lot of astronomers will have sevens in their chart. Scientists will have sevens in their chart, which are not mystics, but that's another aspect of seven. Mm-hmm. Um, seven is also a lot of people who've got strong seven really have a very deep connection with music. Uh, but, you know, music can go everywhere in that chart. Uh, but, you know, there's usually, they will at one time had played an instrument or worked with music in some particular way. But yeah, um, so I don't know if you have, Janet. Um, and because you have a strong seven in your soul, this could also come through relationships. Maybe your partner is interested in music um, or, um you might have had a strong connection with music at one time. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Would you say? I'm married to a musician and I'm also a mystic. So there you go. Look at that. <laughs> it's in the right positions, in your soul position, which have to do with relationships. Okay. And then like I have, it's these friends who are mystics, sevens. All my friends are mystics. 
Plus, you also are a mystic, and you also started your own own teaching and everything. Mm-hmm. You right. Your followers, and uh, so yeah, yeah, that yeah, sevens. What about eight? Eight now is very. It's like a bit like four. It's double four. Four is very earthy, right? Four is earth. Uh, and um, I think one is kind of like uh, air. Two is water, and three is fire, and four is earth. Uh, and eight is a bit like earth, uh, only it's it's double, double the amount. And it even looks like a double zero, right? Like a double, it's like it's like the infinity sign. Right. And um, it's a very powerful number. And um, people who've got an eight in their chart really do know how to manifest things. Uh, they, they apply themselves. Sometimes they come through unexpected ways in glorious, uh, out crazy ways sometimes. You know how eight, because eight is the number of karma. Mm. Uh, so um, people with eights really um, have personal power and um, they might also have issues to do with dominance or having been controlled in their lives at one time they don't want to be controlled and usually if there's a strong age in the chart I, I often ask them have you in the past had issues to do with control issues okay now this could be from a partner it could be from a situation it could be you doing the controlling or being controlled. It's often rooted in family, especially if it's a birth date number, but we haven't got to the birthday yet. But yeah, the eight has to do with personal power, personal control, uh, success, okay? Being on top of things, being a manager, self-employed, taking care of business. Uh, it's no secret that the 800 number is the perfect number for, for, for corporations. Uh, which is big business, right? They got the eight up to zero, zero back, you get up twice, you know, so it makes 800 number, an excellent number for, for corporations. And um, uh, it's it's about manifestation. It's, it's the number of uh, athletes too. A lot of people who want to succeed in life, drive, ambition, athletic ability mm-hmm. comes through eights. Um, and Nine is the last of the single digit numbers. So in a way it comprises all of life's experiences. It's got a little bit of one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight in it. Uh, It's a number of endings and completion. It's it's part of the creative series of three sixes and nines. They're highly creative. I'm a nine. Mm. Um, Nines like to teach, like to give advice. It's like the hermit, the ninth card of the tarot. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, it's it's a number of wisdom, worldly wisdom. Uh, people with nines are interested in politics and what's going on around the world. They wear their burdens on their shoulders. Um, uh, they care a lot about other people. They're compassionate, um, and um, they're wise. And they also can be self-studiers. They can study on their own. You know, they don't need a university degree to become sort of like a specialist in something. It comes natural with them. Now, there's a downside to nines. Like, there's a downside to all the numbers. The downside to the nine is arrogance. Uh, this is definitely shown in John Lennon, who has a lot of nine energy. And there was actually a book written about it, about the number 27 that keeps popping up in his life. And... Uh, and he was arrogant, you know, he was a very difficult person. Actually, he wasn't, a, he might've been a wonderful you know, musician. You know, we all know that, 
but his personality, you know, he, he, he disdained sometimes people, he made rude comments, he, he was arrogant, he beat his wife, he beat his kid. You know, he has a downside. I mean, Yoko Ono kicked him out for a year, not for a day, for a year. There was a reason she kicked him out for a year. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. So nines can be really, really complex, really difficult, because they're mavericks. They've been around the block. They know stuff, and they take advantage of it sometimes. So they have to mm. watch. They can be the, the biggest, you know, cyber criminals, you know, <laughs> you know? Um, because, you know, they, they've been around. Um, but, yeah, nine, nine is about also uh, um, nostalgia. Missing good old days, you know. Oh. Uh, so if you've got a strong nine, you may have a tendency to be a bit like that too. Okay, so, so, so that's the one, that's a, the basic numbers. Now, um, can we tell folks how they can calculate their birthday? Uh, now that they know how to calculate their soul and their personality and their life. So soul is all the vowels in your name. Personality is all the consonants. You add those two, those two, soul and personality together, you get your life number. But also, you can do this for your birthday. Yeah, birthday is really fascinating. Well, stuff. Let's get them into the birthday um, calculation. Okay. Uh, the first thing what one does is um, uh, you would draw up to find out what your birth date number is, your full birth date number is. So that's a combination of your month, your day number, and the year of birth. Right. So let's say you are uh, June 12th, uh, 1981. Let me, I think I might be able to do this on, let me see if I can. If not, we'll work it out. Hang on a second. Let me, I might be able to do this, share, show this as you say this. So what I'm going to ask you to do, if my, if my computer is willing, let's see if you're willing computer. Um, so the, uh, the, the, hang on everybody. If you will just stay with me, I will make this work. Okay. So do you say June? So that's the six zero six month. Yes. And then 12. the day is 12. Are you seeing this yeah. up here? And yeah. the year is, what's the year? 1981. 1981. So that's not going to quite work because of the things. But you add that together as you would a normal amount. Okay. So the, the, actually, there's two different ways. There's the arithmetic way that you're doing. But actually, what I, I've discovered is another way that's even more accurate. Okay, you, so yeah, would, exactly. Put them all in one line, one after the other. Okay, so yeah, so we'll, oh, six, one, two, and then one, nine, eight, one. Pick with me, crowd. Perfect. Okay. There you got it. So, so you just you would add it up just like that. Uh, you, don't then, break, you don't you don't take 1981 and make it into a double digit. You just leave it separate like that. You go oh, six, one, two, one, nine, eight, one equals. Seven, nine, okay, seven, nine, uh, okay, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, nineteen, and eight is twenty-seven plus one is twenty-eight. Twenty-eight. That all adds up. Twenty-eight. Then you reduce that down. Reduce that down to
So then how that goes is two plus eight. Eight equals 10. Equals 10. And then you reduce that down. Whoops. Oh, yeah, that'd be zero. Yeah. Sorry, everybody. Sorry, everybody. Um, the dyslexia is the IRS. <laughs> um, one plus zero equals one. Of course. Okay. You know, so there we comes automatic. Yeah. 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 So there we see that this person, who is this person? Who was born this? I day? just made this up. Okay. So this person, a known person, is a one. Yeah. And that's their what? What is this number then? That's their birthday number. That's their whole birthday number, and it's their life lesson number, or what you call your challenge number. It's what you're born with. We could change our name, but we can't change our birthday. I did that. I changed my name. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but, but, but you can't change your birthday. It's, it's, it's when you were born, it's when you got locked into the grid. Yes, and this is my birthday number. It's uh, 191011. In, in Tarot, you use all three of those actually, numbers. Actually, actually, you're right. <laughs> uh, your birthday also breaks down to a 28 one. Yeah. Okay. So, so um, now you can, I'll just throw this in for y'all additionally so that's going to be your life your life is going to be the one if you're this person but you can when you're calculating your birthday number you can also do this again so you're doing your birthday i'm just going to throw this in ursula you yeah. do your birthday which is you know well, i don't know why this isn't typing okay very slow slow computer uh you can do the same thing and then every year on your birthday you can recalculate it for that year so Personal this year, year. Yeah. Yeah. So, so this year, you can have that's going to be your year, be your personal year. Yes, after and, your birth month. Um. So you, whoever's birthday this is coming up on on your birthday, June this twelfth, two thousand twenty-one. This will be your new number. new number. So you add all that together, and I don't know what that number is. That's um, right. Seven, eight, nine. 10, 11, 11 14. 14 so it's a in the long run it'll turn out to be a five so then that five. this year will for this person will be a five so yeah. you can uh listeners dear listeners calculate your birthday uh for your life and your this will be your challenge number or, or you can also calculate your um what your year the tone of your year will be uh, yes. by doing this on your birthday and then go back and listen to what Ursula said about all of that. I'm going to come out and share. That's right. Ursula said about each number and then you can go, Oh, that's what I got this year. Yeah. So I'm right. um, just going to let you have a little moment. I know everybody wants to calculate their birthdays. Now they want to calculate their birthday and they want to calculate their like their challenge number or what was the other Yeah, a challenge and also your greater strengths. Okay, it's what yeah. you've come here to learn how to do. What you've it's, come here, it's connected with the past life portal. Yeah. yeah so, so in my to, case, mine yeah. is the one. So it's that whole, I've got yeah. an idea. Let's all put a show on in the barn. And what's your what's your number, uh, Ursula? I, I'm a four. You're a four. Okay. Yeah. So yours is going to be about that manifesting you were talking oh, about. About, yeah, stability, trying to stay, trying to manifest things, uh, to finish what I start. Okay, everybody, let's take a little break. So to give you a moment to calculate all of that. And then we'll come back with Ursula Dyke that you can find on the internet, readings by Ursula 
www.thepowerofpositivity.com. Five two zero two 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 ninety nine twenty two ninety nine twenty two. You can ask pomegranate. You can ask pomegranate. She's a priestess. Okay, welcome back, Ursula Dyke, the fabulous numerologist. Listen, y'all. You know what you're gonna do? You gotta call her up or email her, get on her webpage and go get yourself a reading because it will good, be good. You'll get the numerology. She's got this whole bunch of stuff about game changers. She's gonna tell us about now, but go to her, get the book, get the readings. Uh, this is the trustworthy person, um, clairvoyant, who knows what they're talking about and has been doing it a long time and was born to do this. Um, so I will again tell you that all that stuff and you can go to the website and go get direct links to her and Ursula now what we've got we've heard so much about palmistry and numerology what do we need to know about our birth and our number how does this affect us what do we do how is this what is this about how does yeah. this affect yeah. us <clears throat> the, the birth is very interesting the month the day and the year um, uh, can be broken down and given lots of very interesting game changer information and game changer years, uh, first of all, when I do numerology, I start from birth month to next year's birth month. I don't go from January to December. There's two schools of thought with numerologists. Most of them do January to December. And I'm part of the school of people that say, no, it's from birth month to birth month. Now, however, January is often a very significant time of the year for people. A lot of changes happen at the beginning of the year. But what I discovered is whatever that personal number they have for that year, it starts to be felt closer to their own birth month. You might start to trigger it a little bit in the beginning of the year, but as you move along into the year, whether it's May or December, they might have to wait the whole year. Uh, that's when it really gets felt. That's when it starts to really make sense to them for, for that particular number, whatever number they're in. So yeah, birth month to birth month. Um, and um, your day number is one of the game changer numbers. Now in numerology, they say significant years of events happen about every five and four years or every nine years. And I've got that written on the website. And yes, yes, I look at all those significant years and I think, yeah, yeah they're all very significant. But game changer is something I discovered. I've only been able to isolate about a half a dozen or so game changer years in a person's life, maybe a dozen. Um, they're like the big kahunas, you know? Uh, they're, they're tied in with uh, a one-time event that happens in that year that sets the pace for years to come in your life. It's, it um, uh, develops your, your character. It alters your destiny. And, you know, they're, they're the big things like um, getting married or meeting someone, uh, moving to another country, um, uh, going to university, starting your career, or a death, you know, it can be a death in the family, that kind of thing, or something that just altered your life in some particular way, okay? Those are like kind of like the big, the, the game changer years. And when I look at my own chart, I think about my own life and say, geez, this, that year, and that year, and that year wasn't in my chart. Uh, but they were really big for me. They were like game changers as far as I was concerned. Mm -hmm. uh, but the ones that were in my chart were all game changers. Okay, do you see what I mean? So you could find your own game changers and they'd still, of course, uh, uh, 
uh, apply to your own personal life. Yeah, it's not a, it's a rule of thumb here that I've got. So uh, one of the game changer years is your day birth, day number. So everybody's got one up to 31 because it's only 31 days in a month, right? But believe it or not, it's just amazing. That particular number, age, becomes an age of significance for you. Something happened that year that altered your direction in some way. For instance, you're born in the 11th. Can you think of 11 as being significant in some way? Yeah, I was, uh, that was the year I went to visit Scotland and Ireland. My aunt took me and it just changed my whole trajectory. Yeah, okay, there you go. See, and, and, and the game changers also do that. They change trajectory and it stays with you for a long time. It has some yeah. length still, of longevity. Yeah, it's still, every day, it's still in me, yeah. that trip. Now, another way is um, I look at, um, I also look at the name at those double digits before it gets down to a final single digit. That's an age. Okay. So I okay. look for those as well. And um, uh, now your year of birth is also important. So let's say it's 1981. That would be 10, 18, would be 19, right? One, nine, eight, one is a 19. So all people born in 1981 as 19 as a game changer year, okay? okay? And yours, your year is 18. So okay. what happened at 18? Well, uh, the summer I turned 18, I went, your sister and I got on a train. We bought one-way tickets. So we took a train ride from Toronto to Vancouver, BC. And <laughs> we, we, we had $500 each in our pockets and a suitcase. And we moved to Vancouver, BC. It changed your whole life. You never moved back. Yeah. See, that's a game changer, right? Yes. Yeah, so so no. it was significant. It was really significant. Yeah, and I knew, I knew it. I knew it from fifteen that I was going to go there, and, and I knew I would lived on the we needed to live on the west coast. Um, oh, and so we went. Yeah, she went with me. I was like really because I was I saying know. we're going to move to Vancouver. We're going to move to Vancouver. Well, she's born also in, in eighteen. It was her year too. Oh, okay. Yeah. And wow, it was, it was a game changer here for her. Um, and remember that 28 one that I told you about your chart, yeah. your whole birth date? Yeah, eight age 28. I know we're going back in time, you can barely remember what we ate last year. Last oh, I know year, what happened, but but what, what happened at 21? Something significant happened to at 21? At, sorry, 28. <laughs> at 21, I moved to the states, and in 28, I got um hitched to this. Man, I love both 28 and 29 show up in your church. 29, so. I got married and I also got hired on as a priestess at this particular thing that used to happen and started to launch my priestessing life uh, professionally. So, okay. and then also, I think right after that, I also shortly after that went, yeah, I actually went back to university and started studying painting. A there million things happened there. Everything happened there. A lot of things happened around 28, 29, yep. and they're game changing years for you. Yeah. Now, you take the year of birth, which is 18 in your case, it breaks down to 18, and you add it to your day number, which is 11. So, there again is 29. So, you have it twice in your chart. Oh. 29 in your, in, your, in your regular name as the sole position, plus the year and day number is also a 29. So, that's a double whammo for you. So, oh. there was a lot of things going on around that yes, time. Yes, it was huge, huge. Also, Changed my niece. life altogether. Yeah. Yeah. It was, yeah. Um, okay. Now, let's go back into your original name 25, that seven soul, right? 
25 was big. So that would have been. Uh, yeah, yeah, 25 is, I think. Did I meet Kevin? 25 was uh, so. 24, 25, somewhere around that I met Kevin. 87, 87 to 88, 1987. Yeah, that's, that's when I started my relationship with Kevin. Right about that. There you go. And 25 is in soul position. Remember I said earlier that it had to do with relationships. Yes, and I had a terrible meltdown the day I turned 25. Isn't that really? Well, I was like, I don't know what I'm doing with my life. My life has no meaning. I'm really old now, and I have no meltdown. (laughs) So, yeah, when you're in your soul position chart, it's often when you meet somebody of significance in your life. Yeah. The year where you have a baby, you know, uh, or you you meet somebody. um, And uh, 25 or 29, both would have been good and significant to do with yeah. relationships. Yeah. You met him at 25 and you got married at 29. See how that's showing up in your chart? Yeah. It's amazing. Yeah. Uh, we're going to go a little bit uh, closer to our, our, your age now. Um, no, to 35, that eight, that eight, the big eight in your chart. 35 with a biggie too. So that would have been 1997. I don't remember what I did that year. Okay. I know I graduated from university. From I got my degree about Bachelor of Fine Arts. Oh, maybe that was around that Around time. 35, 34. Okay. Okay. So maybe that was significant for you. Yeah. And oh, see, yeah. That was significant. Yeah. And see, so the, whatever the events are, sometimes I will be able to tell the person what the event is. Other yeah. times, I just have to ask because it's personal for everybody. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, now, according now, another one is forty-eight. I'm not bringing you up here, but um, so I'm sure something happened. Two thousand and well, that was ten years ago. Oh yeah, I started my own. There was, I I did a, a big significant piece of uh, my own um, retreats. I put my own retreats. Started putting my own retreats on at forty-eight. Oh. And, yeah, it was a big business. It wasn't a business move because I didn't make any money, but it was a big dream come true fruition that I then did for 10 years after that. But I started that then. Yeah, interesting that you talked about the word fruition because it's a combination of four and eight, which are your manifestation numbers. Yeah, I really manifested something I always wanted to do and I wanted to have control and um, have more of a say in what happened. And I had almost all the say. And um, yeah, yeah, that was a big deal. There you go. Now, I would like to tell you that you're about to go into another game-changing year mm. this, coming, this coming summer. You're moving into it. It's your full name number. Okay? Wow. So it's your destiny. Uh, and it's a 660. Okay. So oh. six, uh, is the six, that number six is going to be a really, really significant year for you to do with community, maybe family. Uh, might come up more for, uh, in, in the next year. Um, it's one of the three, six, nine combo creative numbers. So there's going to be a creative breakthrough that's going to alter your destiny. Um, you could be really pouring out some creative stuff in the next year. Yes. That's the plan. Full on creative energy. And you only come across this once in your lifetime. So so you're, you're hitting it now. This is going to be a game changer year for you. And, um, uh, it's uh, 
it's, it's also a number of beauty and health. You might be changing your looks a little bit. Uh, you might be altering your clothes, um, oh. fashion, this kind of stuff. You know. I just want to show you a little painting, everybody, that I'm working on. Ursula, if I may interrupt you. Um, <clears throat> so this is, uh, I'm working on a divination deck, uh, the Fairy King divination deck. And this is a painting, for instance. Oh, lovely. That I made, what I made. And this... Uh, it's going to be coming out sometime in the next year. And what is so. the what is the divination deck called? It's the Fairy King divination deck. Fairy King. Divination. And it's it, because I'm a tarot expert, so it is in no way whatsoever based on the tarot. Okay. It, it is gotcha. a totally separate divination yeah. system, so you'll not find anything in it from the tarot. Lovely. I'd be uh, fascinated. Yeah. yeah, this is called the the sapphire well, and it's one of the wells that help you oh, enter into the magic of fairy. So, so how many um how many cards are there? Forty nine. Forty nine. Yeah, okay. and they're almost they're almost uh, fully painted and designed. I have seven <gasps> more to do. So I've you got have design. to. Oh, so you so you would have had to um, come up with a system of sorts. Yes, it's a whole system. I know what they all mean. I know what all the cards mean. Each card means. I've been working on it for 15 or more years. And uh, I can't really remember how long I've been working on it. And um, it's it's going to be done being painted this year. This by I this think, birthday. I think this is why it is a game changer here for you. And um, yeah. it's also, uh, six is also about group energy. So uh, it's definitely not the year to just be isolated in like a hermit. It's yeah. year to get out there and... Uh, connect with with groups of people um you know um get that deck out there into several different stores uh possibly also maybe bigger publishing companies maybe nice. than just in the stores like actually go to a publishing company okay okay you know yes i will i'm gonna do whatever you tell me to do or slut because you're one of the best readers <laughs> i've ever had a reading from um it's uh yeah so it's uh it's uh it's a uh, really big year for you and yeah. after that it's kind of spreads out a little bit uh I, we won't have time to talk about it but another one would be 17 like 77 anyway that's way down the road but it's a big year that's 20 years away seven. it's a double seven so that should be really interesting that's about 20 years from now but yeah yeah breaks down to a a 14.5 Okay, so, which is your other adventure number. So something interesting will have possibly travel or something big or international, you know, at that time. International, I'll go international. Yeah, yeah. Another thing that uh, is fun with numerology is um, uh, uh, is uh, your game changer months. Okay, we talked okay. a little bit about game changer years and how I grab them from the different double digits and from the first eight bits and pieces and, um, uh, and we're only sort of covering this lightly, you know, uh, but something is called Game Changer Months. And without a doubt, it's so reliable. It's just unbelievable. It, and people just like shake their head with me. Said, You're so right, you know. Um, so there's two times of the year where you have Game Changer Months. It doesn't mean other months are not important. Of course not. Okay, You could have one whopper of stuff going on in, in the mid-month, you know, uh, but like bookend dates, quite reliably, every year, okay. uh, there's two phases that tend to be your game-changer months where most things happen. Like other things can happen, like I said, but mostly they happen. And the first one is, of course, well, your, your, your birth date month. Okay? So you're in August. Right. Uh, but what I've noticed is it actually goes back a month, up to six weeks. 
back to oh. change of periods. It's coming into your birth month, which is your imprinting part of the year. And so that is important. And it even spills into a little bit like in September. But basically, it's July because you're early August. It's going to be almost end of June. So okay. end of June, because six weeks. So end of June, all of July, that's your game changer. Okay. And I call this the new moon of the year. And um, it's kind of like incoming news. Something happens around that time that suddenly perks you up and wakes you up because you're getting born, reborn, you're going into new right. cycle, right? So, so, so take your birthday and then go back six weeks. Six weeks. And, and that's the entire time. That yeah. month of that month before your birthday. Yeah. That's one of the game changer months. Exactly. Okay. I just want to get people on board with what, so they can calculate it for themselves. So everybody take your birthday in your mind right now and then go back a month and then go back two more weeks after that. That period of time is when the power comes in. Tell us more about what happens. That's when you're most potent. Most potent. Yeah. I call it uh, new moon energy. Uh, It's incoming stuff. You know, suddenly uh, something comes up on your tray um, that all of a sudden you get really excited about. And sometimes it could also be, you know, crap that hits the fan too. Yeah. But it's short term. Okay. Uh, but whatever it tends to happen that's really coming in at that point tends to sort of auger what your year is going to be a bit like. Okay. okay. Um, and um, uh, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's the time to set dreams and set intentions. Oh, just like you would do in the new moon. Okay, good. Yeah, yeah. And, um, and then, you know, one of those is going to manifest at least, you know, maybe several, depending on, on good karma, good energy, past, past situations, whatever that you're working on. It could also be something new. It could be that you decide to change your mind about something and you're off in a different direction. Right. You know? um, you're restless too. You're restless in this time period. You're antsy. You're kind of tired in a way, but you've got this restless, tired energy going on around that time before your birth month. Okay. Um, so take pay, pay attention to what happens around that time because that's what's being brought into your life. And set your intentions. I want to give everybody a little easy way to make a spell working at that point. One of the easiest ways to set your intentions is to have a high flute and dream. I don't know, pick anything you want. Be like, I really want to go to Paris or I want to move or I want to do this. And how you do that is simply say, how would it be possible for me? And then fill in the blank, for instance, to go to Paris or how maybe I would say in my month, I'll say, how would it be possible for me to have a publisher for my deck? And then you, I like that. It's the, how would it be possible spell? It's developed by my friend Sage Good who I had um, interviewed in previous episodes. And, and you just say, how would it be possible for me to find a publisher for my deck? And then you just let that float in a balloon and then you let it go. You don't think about it again. And because you don't want to, you want it to go out and do its work. And it's right. a really good spell working. It's easy as pie and it works. I like that. I like that. Because yeah, yeah. how kind of takes it beyond I want. It's it's now saying it's taking yeah. the next step to, to and also to, yeah. and also if it's not the right thing, it's not in your karma, it's not in alignment, it's not the right thing. It's like the answer will come back, it's not possible, let it go. But if it is possible, it'll happen. 
Yeah. And, yeah, and, it, and if it's the best thing for course of action for you, it'll just flow in and you just don't have to do anything about it. It's a very relaxed spell. Interesting. So you can do that in that new moon period of the moon, or you can do that in the new moon period of your year, which is yeah. the six weeks before your birthday. Okay, that's fantastic news. Yeah. That, I always wonder what to do with that six weeks because I am always really intensely doing something in June and July, very there intensely. Go. Very much so. so that, that's your energy field. That's that's okay. your time. All right. And, um, uh, it's uh, and then um, then your other uh, and then I tie in the two. The other game changer period is six months later. So you're born in August. That would be yeah. February. Okay. So February eleventh, uh, you're going to go back January eleventh, the very end of December, basically. All okay. January okay. is your full moon game changer period of the year. Oh. What do we do with the full moon? Well, the full moon, it, just like a full moon, it's, it brings things come to light. Okay. So it could be a period of an epiphany. It could be a period of closure. It could be completion. Uh, it could just stop. Something will just stop. It's done. You know, just stop. Have that happen. <laughs> uh, or end. It could just end. You know, uh, and um, it, it's it's sort of like your manifestation period. It's like you finally got your answer one way or another. Right. So let's say, let's, let's take a look at the dynamics of uh, July in your case and uh, January. Okay. Suppose you go into July <clears throat> spending your money like crazy. Okay. You're not paying attention. You're racking up your debts. You know, you're racking up your credit cards, you're this and that. You're buying this and you're not paying attention. Sure enough, January comes around and you're broke. And, you know, and it's like, stop, I got to stop. I can't do this anymore. I'm going to cut my credit card up. You know, let's give an example. This is just a crude way, but it's it, so it, it, the energy is built between these two six month periods, uh, opening and ending. Suppose, let's say you start a project in July, somewhat around there. Maybe you've been working on it for quite a while, but now you're feverishly working on it in July. Uh, and it gets stalled and it gets on the back burner, but then it gets, you know, picks up again. And voila, sure enough, by the time you hit around December, January, uh, you've completed that project. It's done. Yes. Um, or another way of looking at it is you enter July depressed, you know, you're just depressed. And, uh, and you don't keep, you know, track of that and you're not, you know, nurturing yourself and, by the time you get around to December, January, you're in a full-blown depression. And now you say, I got to go find a counselor. Right. So you do something about it. Mm-hmm. So it, it can be, it could be something that fulfills itself. It could just end. Uh, it could, you could be working on some sort of home improvement and you're building away in that second back room, you know, and up and down, up and down. But, you know, you don't finish it by January, but you put a stop to it. Just, I'm not, we're just, we're, you know, we need to get some more money. We'll just, we'll start up in the spring again. Right. So just stop temporarily and then pick up again. Okay. Because a lot of things that we do are not always in a six-month phase. It could take years. You know, some things take cyclically years and years, but sure enough, it'll land in one of those two. Another thing about these two, they're typically the time period where you meet new people, meet your man, meet your wife, uh, start a job, make a move. Yeah. You'll notice a lot of times. Like, like, do you remember what month you moved into that house? I think I moved in. I don't remember. Was it the summer? I think it was, it was fall. It was sometime in the fall. Okay. 
It could be that, that it doesn't match up with that. No, it doesn't match up with that. But it could be that you started thinking of buying the house in July. Yeah. You might have actually got you know on. I did. With a realtor, real estate person, whatever, and started looking around. I did. I, I took did. a telephone, but you started, you initiated. July, no, we bought the place in September, so I absolutely only looked at three places, and I absolutely started in July looking for this place. There you go. Okay. Do you remember what month you met your partner? September 14th. Oh, okay. So that didn't work out. Yeah. No, but September also is important, because I said July, August, September. Okay. Oh. So actually, September is still is still a spillover from your August. Yeah. Either side of the equation, right? Yeah. So that whole triage mm-hmm. is, is, uh, is, is actually very important. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so that's how you can work those, you know, energies. Uh, well, that's that. good. That's good. Then you pay attention to your own personal cycles. And you can notice them and you can feel them coming and you can take advantage of them. Yeah, exactly. So, you and, know, what yeah. you hope to manifest. So, like, for instance, for me, as I come into June and July, I can really bring that focus to the cards. And then by January, we'll start to see some fruition some, from some it. Some fruition from it. Exactly. And either this January or the January after, it doesn't really matter. Patience no. is a part of letting yourself be in a part of the cyclical nature of the world. That's right. the whole joy of being on planet Earth is we get to experience cycles, right? Yes, so, exactly. So, and that's what numerology comes from, is from the earth. Well, the novel that I'm writing, uh, I actually finally hit the novel. I had the in- idea back in, in December of 2017, but I actually started writing in April. And oh. it wasn't something that I did on purpose either. It just sort of kind of flowed that way. But when I think back on it, once upon a time, that first chapter I started writing, I, I hit the pen and paper in April. I'll say hit and pen, but it was on computer. Uh, it, I started in April. See, that's my power period. That's my game changer month. Oh, that's exciting. Well, we'll have to hear about your novel in the next uh, interview we do with you, Ursula. So interesting. You'll probably be farther along with it, too. And um, I wanted to give everybody a little tip about their address, too. With your address, you can add together your the the numbers that appear. I don't do anything but the numbers that appear in an address. I don't do the the consonants or vowels. So just take the numbers. So, for instance. I have, I live on a street with a number, so I add that to the number of the street, the number of the address, and <clears throat> that comes out to a certain number. So when you're, you, if you have like on, if you, I'm on 48th Street, for instance, so I have the number and I add number 48 together and I get the number, you read it, read it down, it's Ursula's taught us, and when you get that, you'll get a number, and you can look at the number and go, what kind of number do I want to be living in? So... Do you want to be living in a fast, busy house at number one? Maybe not. Maybe you don't have a, uh, maybe you want to be an eight because you, your business is at home. Or maybe you want to be, you don't want to be in a nine unless it really suits you to be a hermit or to be isolated and working alone with your head down and not a lot of people over. Whatever it is you look at, listen to what Ursula says about those numbers. And you, one of the best numbers for a living situation for serenity is actually the number two. So if your if your house it adds up to, for instance, a number nine, but you want to convert it because you don't want to be an isolated hermit type, you want to convert it to a two. All you do is write the number somewhere on the back of the door, on the inside of the door, that helps that number become the number. Oh, two. interesting. So if it's a number nine, you just write the number two. 
on the back of the door somewhere. You can do this completely or you can do it artistically, whatever. Mine, I put a big chalk mark on. Doesn't matter if it stays because you did it with intention. So two plus a, plus a nine is 11, which adds a two. two. Again. Yeah. So uh, two is a highly recommended number for a calming environment for a home life. So, but you can decide what you want and you can experiment. Don't change it very often, once a month. Don't change it more than once a month, but experiment. Put a five back there and see what happens. Put a five and then you five with a four, you get a nine. You get a five with a two, you get a seven. You want a more spiritual life, get a seven. So that's just one way to deal with not having to move. Um, you can do that and then that will change the vibration of your home and change your vibration of your home will tend to if you are mindful about it, change the vibration of your street. Okay, no, so, so so just to clarify, let's say uh, if my place is a five and I want yes. it to be a two, I just write two. I no, don't add no, something. No, no, you got to do the addition. So you're, if your number ends up being a five and you want it to be a two, you got to add six. You write six on the back of the door because that adds up to 11. And 11 reduces down to two. Oh, well, wait a minute. Five and two is seven five and six so you're gonna add five and you're gonna put six on the back of your door which adds oh, up to 11, in other words 11. to get it to a two i yeah. got you got so you. if your number adds up to a one you want to put a one on the back of the door otherwise you're going to put whatever additional thing adds you up to 11 so you can got get back you. down to a two if you want to be a two if you want to be a two but you can experiment yeah. you might want to be an eight. Eight, eight. if you have a business home Putting, having an eight vibration uh, is yeah. great. Or maybe a six and you've got, you know, harmony and things like that. Six you know? is very nurturing and very harmonious. And so you can add it to a six. Okay. It's gotcha. up to you. Well, that's new to me. I've never heard of that. Yeah. That's the little address. <laughs> that. The address now, what about is... apartments? Like I live in an apartment and mm -hmm. I'm a building. They both no, have numbers. You, the, the number on your building. Yeah. And your address apartment number. Together. At, together. That's the number of your vibration of your home. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Which is a five in my case. Okay. In your case, it's a five. So if you really want to get that novel done, vibrate it up to a nine. Because <laughs> when you're in the nine, you're going to stay down. You're going to write that novel. You're not going to have anybody over. You're not going to have it's coronavirus all over again for you. Very true. And then when you're done, you can change it. Yeah. 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 Interesting. So I would add a four. Yeah. Now just pay attention if you're going to do that. Am I getting too isolated and too depressed? Am I getting it done? Is it too much nine? Pay attention and then just switch it because yeah. two will get you through. Two will I get do, you I, I am a nine. So that's something to consider too. If it's a very powerful number in your chart, it resonates with you. Yeah. Yeah. And you see my, my, the number that you call to leave a question here at this, at the podcast uh, is very well thought out numerologically. Five, oh, two, zero. Five two zero. Listen to the twos. Nine five two zero. Wait a minute. Five two zero. Two two two. Ninety nine. Twenty two. I have to sing it to remember it. So there's a yeah. ton of twos. There's a couple of nines, but it all starts out with that five. That's Freedom five. from adventure. Two priestess, priestess, priestess within the throws. Priestess. Yeah. Harmony, depth, harmony, harmony, depth, and then the two nines. The hermit. You know. So, anyways. Well, the five two is very significant because you have a twenty five. Yeah. Numbers. Oh, there you your go. Your soul, your soul position. So those yeah. five two combo and that seven uh, is is actually very good for you. 
Ursula, you tell us one more time how people can get in touch with you to buy your uh, your book on on palmistry to uh, get a reading from you to give a numerological logical. When when she does a reading for you, she does the palm and the numerology for you. By the yes, way, yes, I do. So if you want to know what your game changes are, will you tell us again your email address and your website? Oh, okay. Uh, so my website is uh, readingsbyursula.com. And then you would just, uh, there's some articles there. And then there's a section called booking a reading and you could just go on there and then get my, my address and just send an email from there. Um, and um, my email direct, which is also on the website is Ursula. Oh, sorry. Readings by Ursula at Shaw.ca. Readings by Ursula at Shaw.ca. And uh, I do long distance readings all over the place. Um, I would send you a template of all the information I would need from you uh, prior to a reading. I need your palm prints, I need a picture of you, I need your date of birth, your regular name and original name, some questions you wanna ask. So I, I, I give you this template of all the things that I require from you and you send it all to me by email. And then I can provide a reading for you. You set a date and take it from And there. get a reading soon before I convince her to raise her rates because her rates are super low. So go ahead and call her soon, okay? It's been Great. a pleasure really doing this. It's been really a pleasure seeing you. And I really enjoyed this. And, and I learned some things too as well. And, and so it's been really great. Um, I'm so happy to be able to talk to you today and to have the world know more about you because you're amazing. You're a beautiful mystic and um, clairvoyant and a wise, a wise now, now elder. You're not that 17 year old girl I used to know. <laughs> you're now a wise elder. And you're, so also, thank you. you're also wise. You're also a beautiful soul. It's so good to kind of reconnect after all of these years. I it's just know. amazing how that happened. I know. Um, I'm so pleased. Um, so thank you for, for being on the podcast. I really appreciate you, Ursula. And uh, we will have you back in a year or so when you're ready and you're maybe when your novel's done, we can have yeah. you back. We'll talk about to. that. All right, my darlings. So okay. thank you very much. Bye. Bye-bye.